Welcome to Go Home Heat, an NXT podcast. I have my man Justin calling in from around the globe. From parts unknown. <laughs> yes, parts unknown. Loomis and Tony D'Angelo start out the show with Painter's Drawers Easel. What's his finisher there? Swinging he hit, Neckbreaker. He distracted uh, the ref and then thumbed the eye for Dexter, then the swinging netbreakery thing for the finish. Right, which is a combo that's been used many times. The the easel to the thumb to the eye into the swinging netbreaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he gets a W, and that's when Carmelo and, and Trick interact, and then they wind up using a chair to supposedly break his hand, and then Gargano, who was pretty late to the party on this one, comes yeah. out and charges and starts yelling at him, and then Pete Dunn comes out. Oddly, now, this is the thing about the, first of all, what'd you think about the matchup? Pretty okay? It was pretty okay. I like the D'Angelo guy as far as I think he's going to be good in the ring. I think the gimmick's a little, little much, but. They're leaning into it pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. Right. I get where you're going then on that. How many mafia tropes can they do? They've already done, done a lot. Right. I did thoroughly enjoy the thing where he intimidated the guy the other day that was in his trunk. Yeah. By telling him, by, by pronoun, by letting him know that the kids at home and using their names and, or how many kids he had and all that. Ooh, and yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. But in the ring, everything doesn't have to be bada bing, right? Yeah. You know, that that can be used. I thought it was interesting, though, the outside of the ring stuff. When Pete Dunne and Gargano were going back and forth and Trick and Mello come out, I th- thought it was interesting that the heel champion says, I'll take you guys on in a triple threat, no problem. Uh-huh. Did you find that interesting? I found it funny, yeah. Well, but he, he's playing the, like, I'm a heel champion, but I'm also really arrogant. I really believe all this bullshit, BS. It's a it's a Rob Van Damish, yeah, style of. I mean, he ain't Rob Van Dam. He, he's really good, but you know, Rob Van Dam was, especially ECW. Rob Van Dam was really next <laughs> level. You know, he was great when he got WWE too. But what, he was ahead. He was so far ahead of the game when he was over there in ECW. Right, right, and so. I do find it interesting that you're having you, and I, I like the way Trick was like, "Whoa, hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cool. I like them. I like them. I think they're cool. They're going to be great on uh, on AEW Dark soon. Yeah, probably. Probably. I wish that wasn't a. I wish that wasn't a work. Yeah. I, I wish that was a work, not a shoot. Diamond Mine versus Jacket Time and Odyssey. What do you think about this? I thought it was funny. I mean, I like Diamond Mine. I think jacket time is kind of silly. I think the the wrestling with the jacket thing is kind of silly. I think that guy's better than that. I, I like the Creed brothers. I think they're green, but I think they're going to be good. You know, I thought the little weird interaction between Diamond Mine and Joe Gacy was interesting. It was. Gacy is very interesting right now. You know? For a guy- would just be annoying. That dude's he's better than the gimmick. He is. He is. And Diamond Mind, like you said, the brothers there, 
they are vicious. Yeah. Everything the what are they Creed the Creed brothers? Creed brothers. Everything they do is violent. And I really oh. like that in a wrestler, you know, and I like I like Roddy and he does great and I I, th- I find it odd that we've got our cruiserweight champion feuding with a guy that's probably 350. Yeah. But I do like Odyssey and I like that concept of him being on my TV and being in things with people that can work at the rate that it looks like everybody in Diamond Mind can work at because mm-hmm. he needs that level. I like him being around. I just don't like Kushida being with Jacket Guy. I don't think so either. They're Just because they're Japanese does not mean they need to team up. Well, I, I don't think – like if Kushida was in this with somebody that I felt like they were invested with, Yes, it makes sense. But this feels like – I hate to say it, but this feels like the next round of cuts are going to be jacket time, and Kushida's just in there in this, so people will watch it because they know people like Kushida, and so they're just going yeah. to keep him on TV till he's cut, and that sucks. But the way things have gone in the company lately, it just feels like that. I, I, I don't, I, I, it hurts, but when I watch it, I think to myself, Tommaso Gargano, Roddy. Kushida are out the door before we get to July. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're both on that. And that sucks because I love those guys. And it's not that I feel like – it's not that I don't like this new wave of talent. I I love the concept. It's kind of crazy to decide we're going to go four-fifths – you know, nine-tenths of our show new wave of talent. In that it's kind of hard for us as fans because all of a sudden we have to try to figure out how to be invested in all these different characters at one time instead of introducing them like two at a time over goes, a month. Yeah, this goes back to my problem with WWE in general, how they do things, is they don't give a crap. They think that we're going to tune in. If we fire everybody you watch, you'll turn in next week when we give you a bunch of new people. But I, I don't. We can move. Hit row, we can show you all this stuff. We can give you all this stuff, and then we'll just fire the whole lot of them in two weeks, and you'll be fine with that. You'll tune in next week, and you'll invest in whatever new person we throw at you. Well, I just don't see how they could believe that about NXT because it's never shown true to be true with NXT. It's never shown to be true anywhere, but they keep doing it. Their ratings were. And they have a solid audience now, but again, they may be right. The audience they may be down to right now is the audience that's just going to watch anyway. So they may be right at this point, but they don't have to provide any continuity or, you know. it's an, It feels like an odd business model for sure. Grizzled Young Vets show us a little personality there as they borrowed the women's titles to tell their the Zach's nanny that they are champions. What did you think about that? thought it was funny. I think if Nana can't tell the difference between the women's championships and the men's, that's their fault, her fault. I like these little uh, videos of them, like, being shysty. I think it's hilarious. Eventually, they wind up having to give the titles back, and the girls kind of blew them off. I, I feel like they've done a good job of giving toxic attraction personality outside of Mandy, because we kind of know who Mandy is, as much as they recreated her person. We've seen Mandy as a heel. We've seen Mandy as a face kind of before. 
so, mm-hmm. so that they can't reintroduce that character to me. But I do feel like I'm getting to know J.C. Jane and uh, Gigi. Uh-huh. And I think and I that like- I think that's good. I like them both. I actually like them better than I do. I don't dislike Mandy. It's just the thing about Mandy though is she I I personally penalize her because I feel like she gets chances other people don't. She does. C- correct. And there are people that don't work there anymore that I feel like could have really t- taken the balls to, to take <laughs> that's a dumb way to say it, but taking the ball and yeah. run with it better than she did. On different yeah. occasions when she's been handed the platform after she beat Sonya. Cause I thought she had a great feud with Sonya uh-huh. and I thought they had some great matches. Yes, sir. Best thing she's ever been involved in. Right. I thought they had some great matches and I felt like it was, it was really good for her to go. Now I will say she comes out of this thing with, with Sonya. She, they stick her in at something with with Dana Brooke and it goes nowhere. Right. But I, I'm not even 100% sure that was their fault. It was like they just went away from the tag division. Let's move on. Zion Quinn and Andrew Chase have a match, and I I kind of really enjoy anything Chase is involved in as he gets brutally beaten and, and jackhammered. Wild and Mendoza attack. Quinn fights him off. The return of the, the, return of the king is Santos Escobar. Comes in from behind, takes him out. Electra Lopez will not be told no. Is what, uh-uh. <laughs> which was a, right. What did you think about all that? I thought this was great. I thought it was good. I like Zion Quinn. That dude's got a lot of upside. Right. And sticking him in something with Santos will be great for him. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I think so, too. What did you think about the poker match? <sighs> Dude, that was terrible. It it's, really it let you understand poker. And I love poker, so I got it all. But if I was sitting there watching that, and I didn't understand the rules of poker or Texas Hold'em or, you know, couldn't see the cards to know that, you know, that was, yeah. I got it. It made sense to me. He was going to bluff him, and that was going to show he's a better poker player. He's going to beat you even though you had the better cards. And then, But I don't know. It was a little clunky of a skit. And I love you know, Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, th- I thought this was the worst thing Cameron's been in ever. He yeah. not even not even he could carry this because it was so dumb that a guy that's made his rep playing poker would would be doofed like this. And he's but he hasn't even they only introduced him as this character like a month ago. Right. So it's not I've seen him win a bunch of poker against other people. So now do I have any belief he's any good at poker? He just got bluffed off of a, and I can understand. See, if you understand poker, you get exactly what they were showing there. They had four hearts on the board. So Cameron bet like that. If you were sitting on the other side there, you think, man, he's got the flush. He's got a – all he needs is one heart, and he's got a flush. So he didn't have to have a solid hand at the beginning. He could have, you know, made the flush at the end. But – Tell me this. You know how they had the thing in the right-hand corner that was telling you the percentage of chances somebody yeah. could win? Yeah. Don't you think that defeated the purpose? 
Because it should have been a surprise that Cameron had nothing. Because well, we we as an audience knew Cameron had had nothing, and so uh-huh. so the guy looks like an idiot rather than if you don't know what if you don't know how it works, right? If you're yeah. just watching, look, then in the, the hell that hand. If you don't understand that because the four hearts came out on the board, that makes it where the five the pair of fives he's got in the hole, I'd have folded that hand too. That you know, if the guy comes over the top on you, because if he's got any heart, he's got me beat. Right. And there's a twenty five percent chance that he's got a heart because that's one fourth the deck. Yeah. Right. You know, so, if they if you don't know that because you don't watch poker or you're just sitting there, man, it just didn't. It was clunky. Right. No reason for it. Okay. They're gonna wind up fighting each other. So that'll be fun. Persia tells Indy to take care of her man as she is as Indy is watching the. The medical staff talked to her husband through the doorway, and Persia says, I got this, and she goes over there and runs roughshod over some enhancement talent, and Robert Stone gazes on longingly, creepily, disgustingly. Um, yeah. Robert Stone, still there? Interesting. Still employed, Kevin. Yeah, his, the rest of his crew is not. Strange. But that being said, I see per what what do you think the storyline is here? He tries to break up them and take Persia. Yeah. Probably. And, and she almost, you know, was that the reason does she want to be a solo star? Was that the reason why she told Indy to stay back and she would handle it? They've been partners for what again, a month? Well, she was in her wedding though, right? I didn't know who she was. Right, but in theory, she was in the wedding, therefore they must have been good friends, and then they become tag team partners, so you can assume. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I heard that Malachi, that, uh, out, that uh, what, what was he about? Aleister Black and Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was his mentor. That's what I heard, too, back in the day. Right, right. Well, you know. He, Everybody, everybody's best friend. Rey Mysterio may be his mentor again soon. Yes. On Rampage. On Friday nights. On Friday nights. <laughs> Champa calls out the locker room. Oh, I love this. You did. You did. I loved it when Brom Breaker came out. Right. It was, well, Champa calling out the locker room makes me wonder if War Games isn't going to be Old Guard versus New Guard. Uh-huh. And Braun will be, I assume, the leader of the new guard. I I kind of would like all of that. I do think that Braun eventually dethrones Champa. It would be interesting if they go right back into that. Champa ate his lunch here a little bit on the stick because he did not only rightfully have the ammo to let him know he lost, but then he went Steiner math. You loved it. I loved it, dude. You've only got a 33 and a third chance of winning here. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I wonder if they practiced that beforehand because you could see Braun pop for it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah, he did. And that's great, right? I I, I like Braun, personally. I like uh, Rex. That guy is, he should be the next thing at some point. I mean, he's got the look. I like the attitude. He's a Steiner, dude. 
And I'm not saying like that to mean like, oh, he should be handed anything. But no, that dude looks, acts, performs in the ring. He lives up to the rep so far. You know what, too? He sounds like a Steiner, but he doesn't. Scott at some point became a little bit overbearing. You know, with oh, the, yeah. you know, and Rick, <laughs> Rick was Rick's gimmick didn't allow him to be different than what he, you know, Rick, even when he was a good guy, there's only so much you could do when you watched him bark for the last decade. Yeah. This kid, he seems like he's not, he seems clever. He seems to get it as far as what sports entertainment is. He seems likable but also there's also you know there's a viciousness to him you've seen him work it looks like he is a a, a total package in which he could be some form of a, I'm better not 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 an MJF I'm better than you but some form of a a baby face in that I don't cheat I, I kick butt I make it happen or he could go the other way and it's no problem either way for him and he's a freak in the ring he's a genetic freak is he a genetic freak? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's obviously a mathematician. I mean, it's in his he, genes, which are probably oversized like his father's. And, grand, and like his uncle's. Huh? And stonewashed. Stonewashed. Absolutely. Absolutely. LA Knight. I'm really surprised they haven't broke out the chain link. Uh, what, what do you call those little helmets that they wear? Oh Lord, the the the, uh, the, the chainmail hoods. Him yes. and Wear. Yes. Petey. Dude. Petey was there. Steiner math. Petey was standing right there. Steiner math. Yes. Yes. <laughs> WWE producer Petey Williams. That's crazy yeah. to me. Okay. Never worked there. I don't think. But they. No. Evidently watched enough of his work to bring him in and let him work. So we got L.A. Night Waller, uh, Lash Legend. I'm not blown away by these episodes yet. The only one that really clicked as far as the guest and her was with Tony D'Angelo. Oh, but he made the scene. Right. There was there was a uh, back and forth there. They were allowed to interact yeah. with one another. She hasn't really gotten the opportunity. She, she didn't really interact with Waller. He sat down and talked. Yeah. And she she might have said something like, go ahead and spill tea or whatever. But she wasn't allowed to be more of a – like for somebody who's getting segments, we're not really uh-huh. learning anything about her. Uh-huh. I don't think. you know. So maybe this will get better. I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. Well, I do know what happens after that. What do you think about Knight and Waller? I thought I thought Knight did a good job shooting his mouth off at about Waller and his little promo thing. I could see Knight being with Champa just because he's old guard. Waller being with the new guard, it makes sense in a war games format, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, go. I'm just wondering: is it going to be like the war games is going to be like? Loser leaves the company. <laughs> Nick Con, a uh, Nick Con War Games. <laughs> Nick Con's War Games. John Laurinaitis has got his uh, phone out because he can't be there in person to tell everybody they're fired. They'll just be a big text. Best in your future endeavors. Yeah, but instead, what they'll do is as soon as the match is over, 
on the big screen will be a, te- a group text. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sad but true. Here's the thing. If they do an old guard, young guard war games, all jokes aside, how many members of the old guard war games will be in the company in six months? I think that LA Knight will get the opportunity to go to the main roster. I don't know that it works there, but I think he'll get the opportunity up there. I don't see Ciampa or Gargano ever getting to be on the main roster. I don't think Ciampa, I think I heard Gargano has not re-signed a contract. Well, he's got to see the writing on the wall, doesn't he? Oh, he knows. He knows what time it is. Right. And his thing, too, is the re- one of the reasons I would guess he's in NXT is because the family gets to live in one town. Mm-hmm. And with them having a baby, that'd be more important. But I think that he's allowed, like, I think AEW allows him to, you don't work on a weekend, really. Unless there's a pay-per-view or, you know, you work on Rampage, but you book your own indie shows on the weekends if you want to work. So Gargs in that respect could, if he were to work there, which I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much. The interesting thing with AEW, and this is completely off topic, is that their first round of contracts are coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And they've brought a huge influx of talent. And it's a really great PR move for Tony to say, hey, during the pandemic, I was paying women's salaries that weren't even on my roster. And it's really good PR to keep bringing in these fired wrestlers and not let anybody go. But at some point, the money don't make sense. And I well, and I do think, too, that what did we just say? He allows them to work elsewhere. Right, and he allows them to go work New Japan shows or Impact shows, so he may not maybe not be having to foot a consistently high bill for these guys. I I, I have yet to see a list of what the top talent and the middle talent get there. Uh huh. So maybe he can keep a lot of these guys on that are just working dark because they're in AEW. It might be worth their while to stay there because that helps them get paid more on the weekend somewhere else. Yes. If that makes uh-huh. sense. Like, he may be able to mix and match that way, but it's going to be tricky. At some point, he's going to have to squeeze it down some and take, you know, am I going to take, am I going to try to cherry pick top talent or am I going to try to keep with these guys that I brought in at the first? And that's a hard decision. I can't decide, you know, I'm not going to sit there and tell that dude what. He's got his four pillar guys, you know, and he's got a, a couple of other folks that are kind of the same thing. He hasn't really delved into the female talent that's out there right now that much. He went and got Ruby and brought her in. The other ones, I don't think the other ones have really gotten out of their 60 days. Yeah. Yeah. Or 90 day compete, not competes. Right. That'll be interesting too. I just, I just, I don't, I don't envy him having to make those. I don't look, I've had to make decisions on whether or not people can stay at work and I don't envy anybody ever having to do that. It sucks. You know, unless you're Nick Khan who seems to just thoroughly enjoy it. (laughs) I don't know, man. Whoa. Okay. So then we get Dakota Kai explaining that she needs a rebirth there and toxic attraction comes out and they have a little interaction and she lets them know that they owe her three times 
which could have something to do with her split personality because it seems like that's only once, but whatever. And mm-hmm. she, she goes out and has a match. I thought it was a strong match. She uh, she goes with against Raquel, of course. Kai absorbs punishment for the bulk of the thing, and then when she does finally get the script flipped in her own way, she tries to go shovel again on Kai on Gonzalez. The shovel gets taken out of her hands. It winds up being DQ'd. Toxic attraction attacks. Corey J comes out. I thought you know, they get beaten up, and then Zoe comes out, and I thought, well, what are we doing here? And when Zoe reached out, and EO comes storming by and grabs the crutch to get in the ring. I thought that was picture perfect way to do it. And then at the end, you know, she clears the ring and she's screaming, you know, baby faces are in the ring and she screams war games at them. I thought that was a great way to finish up the show. I thought it was a great way to go into war games. What did you she think? Build up a big group fight right there. Right. Right, because one of the reasons why we don't like you is Zoe. So having her come out there, just even if it's just that, and then this, for the first time, you actually kind of see a bit of, as much as we, we had the Zoe-EO push-pull back and forth, they were never really on the same page, and that was kind of their thing. And then in Zoe's injury, we see that suddenly there is a little bit of at least respect. Yeah. And we do get EO as the leader of this this babyface faction. I thought Cora Jade has to me been good in the ring and I, I kinda have enjoyed this again, I thought the 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 this whole program is weird to me because the Dakota stuff was a home run, the digging of the grave, the shovel thing was a home run, the match with Cora Jade was okay, but the, the weirdness of her putting the table on her and then like there was no real explanation as to how that was a burial. You just kind of had to get yeah. it. And I think I got it, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? But here we are, we're back on track with this. And I feel like Mandy and co have been heels that have run roughshod and it does feel legit that everybody would hate them. And you like it. Oh yeah. Good bill. Yeah. 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 In contrast to survivor series. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. So for my man, so uh, it's so weird because right now when you're doing any type of discussing WWE in the back of your head are these cuts that keep coming down the pike, right? And so you can't like focus on the show because you're almost watching and you're wondering, especially with NXT, because NXT at one time was Hunter's baby and he decided what happened and you kind of trusted Hunter in a way. And now it's it's obviously not Hunter's baby anymore. Everything Hunter did is pretty much being undone at all levels. All the talent that Hunter that Hunter signed, brought in, pushed to the main roster has been erased. That the entire Hunter Hunter Hurst Helmsley legacy, unless you want to say Performance Center, unless you're talking about Seth and Kevin Owens and Roman, you, you get where I'm coming from. And you've got some from like the first two or three, two or three classes who've been there longer. But man, no. The biggie. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough because I, I loved what Hunter was doing at that level. And I thought his mindset was the future. Of the, and it's funny. Somebody threw out there and I, 
I wish I was better at remembering who says these things, but somebody was like, Hunter should start his own company. We know he would never do it, right? Start his own wrestling company with all the people they cut. You know? And I thought well, to myself... I said there's no way he would do that, too. But you think he's sitting there happy that this is happening? No. No, I don't. And I think that it's probably worse with him having... There was footage of him. They're building a new WWE headquarters. And there was footage of him with a hard hat walking around with Vince and Stephanie and all them at the head. And it was good to see that he's up and around after his heart problems. It's good that he looked fairly healthy. I mean, he's in a suit, but he looked fairly healthy. It just felt strange that it has to be really bothering him because he can't really work work right now to get around it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like he's not going to be involved on that level anymore on the signing of the talent. And I think that's a mistake because I think he has a very good eye for talent. What are you talking about, Kevin? You've got John Laurinaitis over there. And if they think, if anybody's got the pulse on the heartbeat of this nation and what we think is cool and popular, John Laurinaitis. I think he showed that since for years. I mean, yeah. Look, track record of success. And yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, this has been an NST podcast. <laughs> uh, Go Home Heat Production, copyright 2021. My man Justin called in. Thank you. Check out our friends at the Game Project, the GINN Project.com. Check out. Our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling, and go home. Awesome.